Hey everybody, welcome to the show. Today's show is brought to you by Infinite Off-Road. Infinite Off-Road is your one-stop shop. I've seen it this past weekend, Memorial Day weekend, more than I ever have in my life. Rock lights, people. Infinite Off-Road has a 25-year, you break it, they replace it, even covering accidental damage warranty. The best thing about this is they're the brightest and the widest patterns available of any rock light. The way that they mount to your chassis of your side-by-side or your buggy, it's just a flat mount style. That's, it's perfectly built in just where it'll give you the best light spread, everything you could ever want from your rock light. Super tough. That warranty, you'll never need it. It's not like you're going to smash your rock lights. I mean, if you're putting them on in the wrong places, maybe, but who knows. Um, also, whips. Light whips. Infinite Off-Road has their own light whips that are super bright. Tons of different patterns you can run on them. Um, Hubert from Nitro Circus runs those whips. Um, I saw them this weekend on the on Instagram, and they look great. Again, covered by that 25-year, you break it, they fix it, warranty. Everything you could ever need. I just ordered a set of sticky tires um, for my actual Ultra 4 race car about like last month. Um, is great. Everything you need, infiniteoffroad.com. Use code ROCKS, R-O-C-K-S, for 10% off the entire website. Next, I got to give a shout out to my guys at All Things UTV. All Things UTV has the fix for tender spring issues. Everyone that has a collapsed tender spring, you know, it's just like riding on less of the suspension that you paid for. It's really a shortfall of Polaris. But with the Razor A tender spring in your matching color or a different color, whatever color you want, you can get brand new tender springs that are the correct ratio for the weight on your vehicle. Because let's face it, when they're just crunched, it's just nothing. There's no active suspension there. It doesn't work. The Razor A tender springs are the way to go. All Things UTV also has a bunch of different other really cool things. Excuse me. Um, like their axle magic. If you have a stuck axle in the differential side, maybe an axle stub, whatever it have been, um, axle magic can actually get that out. It is a tool that uh, is patented by Dustin Robbins and his team at All Things UTV. They also have the best deal on 30 inch, 32 inch journey tires, carnivore tires, pretty much anything you can think of, they can get it to you. They also exclusively carry RS1 diff swaps. You can get the mounting plate, you can get the diff itself, you can get everything you need all sent in one. They'll even pair it with turbo axles. If you have a 1000 XP, you're going to need new axles. Everything you need at All Things UTV, they are your one-stop shop. Today on the show, it's pretty unique. I'm not going to lie. It was a unique show today. Um, we interviewed David Uptain from Razor Life. He is the quote-unquote co-founder. Um, we talk about Razor Life. We talk about what it's like to run a social media page. But more importantly than anything, we talk about his experience in the Razor game. Um, obviously, this guy is the Razor guru. He's the guy. He's had his hands in everything, seen everything. Um, we talk about things in the past, things in the future. Um, it's great. We talk about what's better, a turbo, turbo S, 1900S, and everything in between, even talking about the short period of time that he owned a Can-Am. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, David Uptain. 
Get a drink and gather around. Let's talk drivers. Let's talk rigs. Let's talk skill. You've got the best of the best in the off-road racing world. Have a seat at the table with us and let's talk about racing on the rocks. Can you hear me okay? Is everything good as far as, because I am in my truck. I'm, yeah, no, I'm, no, it sounds okay. good. You sound great. Okay. So, uh, David, how you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? Man, I am so good. Uh, I've really tried branching out with the podcast and getting a bunch of different perspectives, so I am so excited to have you on the show today. Um, one thing I want to talk about before we get into, you know, what Razor Life, what people will know you for, um, is going to be just who is David? Uh, what do you do to fill your spare time? Um, what do you like to do? What do you not like to do? Just tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I can tell you off-roading has been you know, a key part of my life since I was a, I want to say a small child, but, uh, you know, I'm 46 years old. So my definition of small child may be a little different than some of your <laughs> listeners, but, uh, you know, I grew up in a family where we grew up with three wheelers and four wheelers and Jeeps and rock crawlers. And, and so, you know, that's always been something that's been part of my life is off-roading. Uh, you know, I went, I went through dune buggies for a little while back yeah. in the, God, I'm gonna probably say the early nineties. Yeah. Uh did did some rock crawling for, for quite a while. It evolved into rock bouncing, couldn't keep up with those guys Man. Uh, financially. Yeah, and, no, uh, I, trust me, and, I understand. And, and went back to quads, rode four wheelers for a while, and of course when uh we found out that Polaris was gonna be making a new side by side, of course, back then, you know, the Rhino the Yamaha Rhino was mm -hmm. it. Um and when Polaris announced they were coming out with a side-by-side -side. uh myself and six of my friends all rushed out to the polaris dealers had no idea what they were coming out with i mean didn't have a clue other than polaris was getting in the market and we all put deposits down on this mystery machine that was called the razor yeah. and uh and man since they came out that it really changed my life that's been one of those really pivoting points from where I didn't really know where my life was going. You know, I had a job worked in the glass industry for, yeah. I think, 21 years. But when the Razor came out and, and I was just amazed by its performance, um, I knew somehow I had to get into the off-road industry and make it my career and my and my way of life. Man, that's, that's awesome. First off, it's awesome that you guys just like to a certain degree blindly was just like this is going to be it like this is going to be the platform that makes it good uh i like that and i'm uh, you know good for you for putting in something that ultimately turned out to be the best side by side on the market um so that being said you know you mentioned that this is now your career this is now your job field um what do you do exactly Ooh, that's that's you know I get asked that a lot, <laughs> I, I, and, and, I and there's there's really no hard answer to what I do. Uh, back in 2012, uh, I want to say about July 2012, I got into the side by side retail business mm -hmm. uh, with a company called Blue Fire Outdoors. Uh, started that company as really had nothing to do with UTVs. I was actually selling flashlights online to hunters and 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 gun enthusiasts yeah and and it kind of branched me over into the chinese market and uh and started up blue fire outdoors where i was selling you know primarily light bars and that huge craze uh -huh. um you know early on and uh 
you know, I still have Blue Fire Outdoors, but I've, re- I've really committed my time now to Razor Life. And, you know, obviously I, I do make some living off of the Facebook group mm-hmm. and I try to use that money the best I can to travel the country and ride in different places, go to different events, go to different races and, and really just post pictures and talk about my experiences for those members that, you know, may only get to ride regionally. You know, I'm yeah. surprised there's a lot of people that, you know, anywhere outside of four hours from their home, they, they've never been there. They don't go out past that. And that's one of those things I always wanted to do was bring my experiences from all over the country to one location where everybody could talk about it and ask questions and me give feedback. So that right there is like the crux of why I wanted to have you on the podcast because, you know, as someone who's been a part of the Facebook group for some time now, you know, I do see you go ride everywhere and I do, I actually saw a couple couple days ago, maybe this week, I know it was this week, um, maybe last week, you posted an article um, about how when you were in Moab, you got a chance to also drive the X3. Um, so that's something I want to talk about later, but um, what you just said is is just so powerful because um, to have someone that has ridden the entire country, knows the machines, has watched the machines evolve, um, you're a fountain of knowledge. And that's why I was super stoked to get you on the show. Um, so where do you want to start? I mean, do you want to start with the Razor 800 or do you want to start with locations? Um, I kind of just want to go from the beginning. Um, well, I can start off, I could, I could talk about how Razor Life even, you know, came about. Yeah, where, where, yeah absolutely. Where it started, how, how, how it came about. Um, Razor Life, I actually did not start Razor Life. I'm not the founder of Razor Life. I'm the admin of Razor Life. And, right. and you know, we jokingly say co-founder. Right. Uh, Razor Life was started back in December or November of 2012 by Cody Williams. Okay. Um, back then, the group was actually called Anything Razor. And uh, Cody had changed the name uh, to Razor Life. We had about 200 members. I was one of those 200 members. Uh, we got to talking, and I, I started to help add to admin the page with about 200 members. And Cody must said, hey, all this travel that I do, um, I can help benefit the page, and I'll help promote it. Because back then, there were really only three Razor groups. Groups to Facebook was something very very new in 2012 right and people just didn't know about it and you didn't have like you do now where facebook gives you suggested groups based off of your interest if you weren't invited to a group or you didn't know that group existed it just wasn't in your feed right and uh, one of the things i did while i traveled the country is man i used to print up just thousands of stickers and walk around and talk to people and and go you know hey are you on facebook uh hand them a sticker and go you know get on Facebook, search Razor Life, come join our group. And I've done that all over the country. Mm-hmm. And I felt like that was, um, you know, part of the success of Razor Life was just word of mouth, getting the word out. Now it's totally different because Facebook, you know, just recently changed in the last couple of months mm-hmm. where, you know, they, they really embrace Facebook groups. Now, if you look on your, on your newsfeed, that's what you see more than just your friend's everyday post you see posts from from groups so um you know that was really a big thing for me to get get people in the group Mm -hmm. and let and let's talk because that's how the group was started was you know there was you had razor forums yeah and i think most of us 
you know, within the last 10 years have, have been a, a member of Razor forums. Yeah. And, but with the introduction to Facebook, man, I, I don't know anybody that's not on Facebook and, you yeah. know, you can go out to eat at any time or you can go to a sporting event and everybody's glued to their phone. It makes it really nice on an app that you're already on daily to be able to go in and, and talk to like-minded people that share the same interests. And that was the purpose of it was let's talk about, you know, products, you know, back in 2012, there wasn't a lot of aftermarket parts companies. So, you know, people wanted to know good reviews, bad reviews, places to ride. You know, I, I'm from Mount Olive, Alabama, and one of the greatest places in the country to ride was Mount Olive. Hmm. And only local people knew about it. Unfortunately, um, because of the outreach of Facebook, everybody found out about it, and that area got got closed to off road riding. Mm-hmm. Uh, that one of one of the downfalls of of a large group, but that was why it was started. That was the purpose of it was for like minded people from all over the country to come to one place and be able to share their experiences, whether it be riding or parts or or how to videos. How do I fix this? What's this code? That was the whole purpose of it. So let me ask you this, you know, you mentioned that there was a point where where you were traveling the country and handing out stickers and it was basically word of mouth uh because Facebook's um Facebook's platform didn't really support that they didn't they didn't harbor growth uh, of the groups. But what was the turning point in in Razor life for you know, when did you notice and you go, "Whoa, this is getting some huge traction?" I I really think that it that it really surprised me. We Cody and I actually did a kind of a thank you video. Uh, you can dig it up in, in YouTube. I don't do a lot on YouTube, but that was one of the first videos that I put on YouTube as Razor Life is when we hit 30,000 members. That was when I started thinking, wow, this, this is really getting big. And, um, and you know, what are we going to do in the future? I mean, this is overtaking. This is going to one day overtake the forum. Right. You know, we're going to have more members and more active members than the forum. And, you know, plans started then because that was a few years ago of what do we need to do for the future. And still, that's a, a, a common uh, question that I still ask myself. What's the future going to hold? What can I do to improve the page uh, to keep interest in the members? Um, but, yeah, around 30,000 where it was just a, uh, you know, basically a, you know, holy shit moment. Yeah, you know, no, this, I mean, this is getting huge. So I, <laughs> I think my my podcast page, it's just it just broke over five hundred, and uh, I don't I don't really pay too much attention to it, but but it was like wow, I have five hundred people who are doing this, and when I went back and looked at the statistics for who's listening, it really it's a weird feeling to know that like you're you're the not the head of, but like you're harboring something that people actually follow and people use as a as a resource um you know and most of the time their first layer of re, you know their first like if i have a question the first thing that i'm going to do about my razor is rather than even text my buddies i'm going to put something on razor life and i'm going to see who gets to me the fastest because there's somebody online with some experience and they'll get the answer to me you know nine times out of ten i'll have exactly what i need to know within an hour and that's awesome yeah it, it, it's crazy yeah you know, some of the times I see somebody ask a question, uh, a technical question, or, you know, looking for a part, and, you know, and I try to answer when I can. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if I have the knowledge or the input, I try to answer. Sometimes they just post it, and I'm typing a response, and by the time I hit 
to comment, to send the comment, mm-hmm. there's three or four comments. Yeah, it's crazy. Absolutely it's, uh, crazy. It, it's a great resource of collected information. However, I will say it's also a great <laughs> resource of incorrect <laughs> information. Yeah. Uh, so, so I try to tell people with that is, you know, especially when it comes to mechanical advice, uh, man, you might want to get, you know, a few opinions because I see a few guys on there give poor advice that, that I wouldn't follow. Um, and, and, I, and I know we got new members that, uh, that don't have a clue about the razor, just like I was the day I bought my razor. I knew nothing about it. Right. Um, actually went out and went riding and uh, broke the Sprague carrier in my 2008 razor. Wow. And we didn't know anything about it. How do yeah. we fix this? Took it to the dealer and they're like, Oh my God, I don't, I don't know how to do this. I mean, it was brand new. Nobody had one. Yeah. And, and you know, now it's laughable to think about, Oh, I broke, broke my Sprague. I, you know, that's an easy fix. You know, who, who can I get a sprag from? That's all I need to know, or who can throw it together for me? But that thing was at the dealership for one full month waiting, and, and they didn't get a part because they didn't know how to repair it. Polaris yeah. sent an entirely new front diff to replace it. Lord. <laughs> it's, 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 it, it, it's, it's crazy to think of how things, when they first start yeah. versus where they where they are today especially uh you know i think of myself and i tell everybody you know not not everybody was was born with a you know a 10 millimeter wrench in their hand hey that's um, me we, we've all we've all had to had to learn and i know some folks get aggravated with some of the redundant beginner questions that get asked uh-huh. uh, within the group but we all have to learn somehow and uh you know i i actually like those questions because it shows me somebody new yeah. that knows nothing but wants to learn how to work on their own razor, um, and I think that's a great a great thing. I mean, if if you're going to do this wonderful thing called off roading, you better learn how to turn a wrench. Yeah, I can tell you. So I grew up and didn't know a lick about anything. I hardly knew. You know, I could barely change my oil. Um, and <laughs> what I, I never forget, I got a Razor 900 XP, took it out, and I had it for probably a couple months, and. I go out and I I'm, I destroy the front diff, and I had no idea. I I it had a check engine light and it was in limp mode, and I was like, well, I have no idea. So I dropped it off to the dealership, and two months later, I get it back and I get my front diff in a box and uh, a quote that says like four thousand dollars, and I was like, hell no. So and this is and this is like 2016, okay? So I, I get a quote back, and I'm just like, nope, not happening. So. You know, it's kind of those things like, thank goodness, I have I have a few local guys, shout out to Chris West, who was was able to not only get me a front diff and, and help re-weld the entire thing in, it was a 1,000 diff, and help, or he put it in, but, you know, the thing is, what I'm getting at is, I don't have the funds to pay for somebody to redo every diff that I'm going to break or every any problem I ever have, so um, that's the beauty about razors, in my opinion, is like, Someone who has no idea, uh, you know, mechanically what's going on. If you take it apart, razors are pretty simple enough that you can pretty much put it back together, and you can figure out, you know, how to piece it back together. It's not that complicated. Um, yeah, they are. They are for the most part a, a fairly simple machine. Yeah. If you, uh, I mean, if you have basic mechanic skills, uh, that that's just it. It's it's take it apart. Be sure you put it back together the exact same way you took it apart. Yeah. And yep. Uh, <laughs> don't and don't end up with leftover pieces. <laughs> yeah. 
But yeah, uh, yeah that's it. The, the razor is not a good thing. How I used to, you know, like I said, you know, growing up with things like jeeps, rock yeah. crawlers, it's never a thing where you want to come back and go like, well, here's my ten leftover bolts. Yeah, yep, yep. You will not be in a good spot. Um, no. So one thing I want to talk about is, is to, to kind of wrap up the the Facebook side of it because I really just kind of want to pick your brain about a bunch of topics because um, you you do have so much experience in the world is. You know, for someone, uh, we'll use myself as an example, who wants to build a social media following, whether it's a group, a page, you know, uh, anything, building their business online in the off-road world, um, what are your recommendations? What advice would you give a fabricator or a retailer, someone who's just getting their foot in the door in the social media game? Um, What advice do you have? When it comes to the retail side of it, man, that, that's really an easy thing for me now because of the outreach of Facebook and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, Facebook group like Razor Life. And I actually just saw a gentleman uh, talking about this the other day on Facebook, um, you know, like with Razor Life. You know, I have what I call approved vendors. You can call them supporting vendors. You can give them whatever name you want. But I have vendors that, that come in and they pay me to be able to advertise. Right. And basically I look at it as, hey, I've put a lot of my time in this over the years and finally came to the point is like, you know, look, I, I, I need to start charging, you know, basically a small subscription fee for these guys to be able to advertise. And it's as cheap as $25 a month. Yeah. And, and, I, and I saw this one retailer and he was like, you know, I'm just starting out. And, uh, you know, and, and you expect me to pay $25 a month. And I'm like, man, if you're not willing to spend $25 a month to advertise your business with a, with a target targeted billboard of 78,000 potential customers, yeah, then you probably need to just go ahead and close the doors yep. because it truly is the fastest and easiest way to get your name out in the market is to advertise through Razor Life. And, and, you know, I think of, of Blue Fire when, when I started Blue Fire, man, I started traveling all over the country, setting up a booth at events. I can remember my first event was at Brimstone. Don't remember what year it was, probably was 2012, right after I started it. <clears throat> but I showed up with a rented U-Haul trailer and a Razor 800S. I had nothing but seats, doors, and some light bars. And, set up a booth for the very first time, Super ATV. And, you know, you think how just huge Super ATV is, what a huge company it is now. Yeah. Uh, they showed up at the same event with two white Walmart tables, two 10-foot Walmart pop-up canopies with axles and power steering units. And back then, Super ATV had six employees. That's awesome. And that was, that was they had the same mindset. Let's get out to the events where our customers are at. Let's get our name out there. And that really helps to get your name out there, but there's nothing better than advertising right in front of 78,000 potential customers. And, and you nailed it. You know, for anybody listening that is considering doing this, um, the, the thing that he said that is the most important is that it is a billboard, not in front of just everybody, but it's a billboard in front of side-by-side, specifically Razor customers who are there looking for information on parts, looking for the next best thing. It's like putting everybody in the same room and making them watch a TV screen and making sure that everyone in that room loves a razor, has a razor, and is an actual potential customer. Um, that's a huge thing. That's an absolutely huge thing. So um, you're exactly right about the sponsoring vendors, though. Um, you have put a lot of time into it, and uh, 
you've built the room that everybody's standing in and you know you're now offering vendors the tv channel you know so uh right. i think that that's a i think that's a that's a good move for you and uh you know everyone's got to have their piece of the puzzle and everybody's got to stay viable so uh, I, I right. and that's one of those things as a retailer i supported razor forums i paid right. Uh, to advertise in Razor Forums, so there's nothing wrong with that. I, I still love Razor Forums. I think it's one of the uh, greatest collection of Razor knowledge you will ever find. Yep. Um, I, I see forums as a whole slowing down because of Facebook groups. That is a bad thing, in my opinion, because I can't go to Google and Google a question and it pull up a conversation in Facebook. It's going to take you to a forum. You're exactly um, right. But, but, you know, that is the easiest way to get your name out there. I, but when I did that, I was thinking of what I paid to advertise at the lowest level through Razor Forums. Mm -hmm. and, and for somebody starting out, it was, I'm not going to, you know, give any details of what sure. Razor Forum charges. But, you know, I was like, oh, that was kind of a hard, uh, you know, a hard nut for me to bite into. Right. Um, but I, you know, I went ahead and did it and it was profitable, but I wanted to make it a little more profitable for my vendors and not charge near as much as what a forum would charge. And a lot of that has to do with, I didn't have the initial cost of building a forum. Right. You know, Facebook basically did that for me. Right. Right. And see, uh, that, that's something too. And, and to hear you say that, that's, that's big because I know a lot of, a lot of people who are potentially thinking about it, uh, you know, they always try and, you know, it's a low cost. It really is, guys. It's a low cost. Um, but to justify spending the money, I mean, you know, it's it's uh, it's scaled appropriately to the time put in, I feel like. And even, even that, if it's underscaled, you know, uh, your time into it is, is, you know, way more than $25 worth. So and, I, and I'll, I'll put, you know throw in a little note there of, of back to the question you'd ask for yeah. those guys that aren't even getting into retail for those you know those race programs or people that want to be a personality or an influencer mm -hmm. on social media man the best I can advise I can give anybody is be yourself um, I like to think that everything all the live videos you see me do with my wife and my son mm -hmm. or recorded videos that I've done that is me you're gonna get the same guy. Uh, in person that you see on the videos, um, but be be yourself. Uh, I'll talk about one person in particular, and I know you actually had him on your podcast uh, a month or so ago. Is Dustin Robbins? Yeah, yeah. With, with all things, with all things UTV, yes, sir. man, he is the master of marketing, and one of the reasons why he is the master of marketing because Dustin Robbins is Dustin Robbins. Like him, love him, hate him, it don't matter. <laughs> he makes sure you're getting 100%. That's who he is. Yeah. And that's, that's the best advice I can give to anybody uh, when it comes to your brand is promote you. Yeah. Because you're, you are your brand. Yeah, and, and I have, I'll piggyback on top of that and, and say that uh, Dustin's, Dustin's character is impeccable, and I actually got a chance to hang out with him at the last Ultra 4 race, and uh, dude's just, he, you're exactly right. He, first off, he has great character, but he is a character. He is, uh, he's right. hilarious. He's a great guy. Right. Um, yeah, one of the greatest videos he ever made, and we still laugh about it today, was him running over that shifter with that F-250. Yep. Thought it was the funniest <laughs> thing in the world. There's no telling how many views that thing has on it now because everybody's going, what does a truck running over a shifter have to do with a shifter? And that was the whole thing. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. It has nothing to do with a shifter. That was what was so funny. Yep, yep. It's just because it can, so it, it works. <laughs> But uh, that's awesome, man. Uh, so, so now I just want to put the spotlight on you. Uh, I want to pick your brain because, again, you've been in the game for so long. You've gotten a chance to see everything. Um, first thing I want to ask is 
you what what are you in right now? What rig are you in right now? Let's start there and we'll kind of roll backwards. Uh, well, you know, just recently I got rid of my RS one. Uh-huh. Uh, right right now I have a Ranger XP nine hundred. Uh-huh. That's kind of the workhorse of my family. We use it more than anything. But I have a, a Razor Turbo Dynamics four seater. Uh, the, it's the one that's on the Super ATV four inch portals, yep. the thirty five inch MRT tires, and then I have a Turbo S Velocity that I picked up at King of the Hammers, also a four-seater, that I built into a rally-class best-in-the-desert car, which is basically your weekend warrior machine, but they opened up last year to a rally-class, and I really wanted to get into some desert racing. I've never done it before, other than King of the Hammers, which is a little bit different than desert racing. Right. But I really wanted a desert race. And without going full blown and building a fifty or sixty thousand dollar purpose built best in the desert car, mm-hmm. I built the rally class. And uh, but but primarily my rig is the dynamics with the four inch portals and thirty five inch tires because that thing is just like a little billy goat goes everywhere. I point <laughs> it with no problems whatsoever. All right, so I want to talk about that real quick um, because you mentioned a bunch of things I want to talk about there. Uh, the the first one is. Um, you have you beat on those portals pretty good you feel like well you know that my first trip um with the four inch portals they actually originally went on my rs1 okay um uh gary lacy had a little a little ride a little race called uh king of the amazon in west virginia and he wanted me to come out and race it and i wanted to surprise him without him knowing and i showed up with my rs1 on four inch portals at 37 inch assassinator tires Uh, yeah it was it was (laughs) it was and 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 i beat on that thing pretty hard in the mud the portals lasted just fine i can't say the same for the tires staying on my wheels we had a long night of trying to get that thing out of the woods because the tires didn't pop off the bead the tires just flew off the wheels completely um other than that i moved them over well after that we went to uh the high lifter off-road park uh, was doing some things with Polaris there yeah, yeah, with yeah. all the high lifter machines. And I took the RS1 and John Crowley with UTV Guide did a little uh, spotlight video. It's on uh, UTV Guide's um, – actually, it's on utvguide.net and on their uh, YouTube page where you can see that RS1. And I immediately got home, took all that off, uh, called Super ATV, told them to send me the brackets. I want to put them on my four-seater. And because I wanted it for rock crawling specific, as soon as I got the portals on, took it straight to King of the Hammers. And my goal was to do the entire second lap of King of the Hammers, uh, without winching unassisted. Mm -hmm. And I was out about out there about three weeks earlier. And again, UTV guided posted some pictures of me out there. There were a lot of people commenting a four seater has no business even being in Johnson Valley. And Mm -hmm. I wanted to prove them all wrong. And uh, so I did do, almost all of the second lap which is all the rock section i got on outer limits and unfortunately the front section of my prop shaft uh decided to turn in to a piece of licorice and get twisted (laughs) so i had to end end my day there didn't have a spare drive shaft and uh, have since put an rcv prop shaft in it so that doesn't happen again but the portals uh have have held up exceptionally well i had a little problem with some leaks uh, we got that fixed and, uh, and I just, well, I just got back from Moab, Utah for rally on the rocks, took it out there 
And, uh, I mean, they've done great. I've busted no gears. But, again, I'm running a 35-inch MRT mm-hmm. tire with Forge Walker Evans Speedlocks, which that tire and wheel combo is very lightweight for a 35-inch tire. So, you know, I see a lot of guys running 37s or some of the big, the big mud tires that may have broken some gears. Uh, I haven't had that issue yet, but I am running a really light tire and wheel combo that helps with that. Okay, that's good to know good to know so next thing i want to talk about is um four seater versus two seater so obviously it seems like you're you favor the four seater um i've gotten a chance to ride in the four seaters before and i i personally have a two seater um four seater is more stable you know all that fun stuff a little bit more comfortable um why do you have two four seaters instead of a one seater or i'm sorry a two seater <laughs> uh well i've always had two seaters the dynamics was my first four-seater and I was really anti-four-seater I don't have a four-seater to carry around four people in my razor right Uh, I have a four-seater for the wheelbase I mean it's nice you know if my wife and son go with me and you know we can ride around in the four-seater together but truthfully anytime we're together we usually ride around in the ranger right the four-seater, um, I ended up with a four-seater not wanting the four-seater. I really wanted the two-seater, but that's what was presented to me at the time was the Dynamics four-seater. And I took it home. I rode it in Glamis. That's where I picked it up at, mm-hmm. at Camp Razor in Glamis. Um, and I really, to be honest with you, in the dunes, I, I didn't like it. I came back and grabbed my two-seater. I had a 17 uh, two-seat turbo razor. I came back and grabbed the, the two-seater. Because the two-seater in the dunes, to me, and I'm, I'm going to use Polaris's term here. John Crowley's listening. He's going to get tickled at this. <laughs> the two-seater is very flickable, where the four-seater is not. Man, you, you can just the, – the turning in the dunes on a two-seater is just more fun to me in the dunes because I can flick it side to side, do the transition so much easier. But I only go dune riding once a year, right. which, is, which is Camp Razor. Now, when I come back home – Man, rock crawling, which is more of where my background is, I'm, I'm more of a slow-paced, rock crawling kind of guy. Um, that thing, that four-seater, like I said, it, it's like a little billy goat. It just goes everywhere that I point it gotcha. with very little effort. And I, and I hate to say that maybe I'm getting a little older and lazy, <laughs> um, yeah. but I go back and look <laughs> at some of the some of the obstacles I've climbed in an 800S yeah. and I had to fight it and... and you know, struggle or may have to winch that four seaters just stroking over it, you know, like they're pebbles. It's, yeah. You know, and that's where I see the, the industry as a whole evolving. One day we're going to go back and look at the, at the XP 1000 or the XP turbo and go like, Oh my God, I can't believe I, I used to do that in, yeah. in, in that machine. Yeah. So that's a, that's a good segue too, is turbo S versus turbo. What are your thoughts? Cause they seem like two completely different beasts. Oh, they definitely—they definitely are two different beasts. Uh, the Turbo S, of course, you know this year they came out with uh, the Turbo S um, Velocity, which mm-hmm. is the uh, two and a half inch uh, Walker Evans Velocity shocks in the front, three inch in the rear. Um, I've always been a big fan of Velocity shocks for racing. Uh, I don't think there's a better shock out there if you get Velocity shocks, spring them properly tune them properly whether they you know whether you go for the valve or not just getting them tuned spending time in them and tuning them uh there's not a better shock out there to me for racing purposes mm-hmm. um now of course the turbo s dynamics uh with the dynamics the fox live valve system mm-hmm. um for 
the everyday average rider, there's just not a better suspension package out there by any manufacturer. That that dynamic system for the everyday rider is just crazy. You know that thing that thing is adjusting the clickers on your shocks 200 times a second. That's crazy. Um, we we took one to well actually it was when I picked up my four seat dynamics in Glamis and was hitting some of the witch eyes. Dune, Dune guys know what I'm talking about there. It's basically just a, a dropout. Uh, the, the Dune just drops out from under your feet. And we were trying to get the, the dynamics to bottom out in the front, and, yeah. man, it just wouldn't do it. When that sucker feels those tires drop, it firms up the front end, um, and it's 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 amazing. Now, the Turbo S being the 72-inch width, I know on, on my end of it for East Coast, I really prefer the 64-inch mm-hmm. wide machine for woods trail riding versus a 72. There's really not anything wrong with a 72 nowadays. Most trails are wide enough mm-hmm. for a 72-inch machine, but I still like the ease of the 64-inch machine. Unfortunately, um, the 64-inch Dynamics Turbo is kind of hard to find these days because I believe, haven't confirmed it, was actually sending a message out to players today for confirmation that the Dynamics Turbo has been discontinued Ooh, in its current form. Um, but the Turbo S, I can remember that. We went to uh, Prim, Nevada Yeah. Uh, when they released it, which is uh, where the Mint 400 uh-huh. is. And it was the week of the Mint 400, and, and a few of us media guys all went down with Polaris. And, uh, you know, I'll throw shout-outs there to my, Matt Myrick, who busted Knuckle, and Cole Shirley. With Man Ram, Mad Ram 11, we were all there together, the little Alabama boys hanging out together. And usually when you do a media ride or a demo ride, there's always going to be that one guy in front of you with, with the manufacturer that's going to hold your speed back. Yeah. You know, like, hey, we don't want you acting crazy out here. Man, they told us to try to tear those things up, to, to go out and just give it everything we had, and we did. And there were a few times yeah. that I legit thought I was fixing to get – you know, lifted out of there with life flight. My God. But there were some spots out there that scared the piss out of me doing 80 and 85 miles an hour. But that machine with that live valve dynamic system, yeah. just, I mean, it, it it's almost like you can't outdrive the machine. I mean, you can. I mean, you yeah. don't get me wrong. I don't want anybody to go out there and try to prove me wrong <laughs> uh, that they can outdrive the machine. But that machine actually takes away some of your flaws, your imperfections. Yeah. It's, it's really amazing. I think I think the dynamic system is the future of off-road machines, of UTVs, and I believe you'll start seeing more manufacturers adopting that style of suspension where, where one day all of them will have some type of electronic suspension. You know, the automotive industry has been doing it for years. Right. You know, the, the motorcycle, the you know, the street bikes. Uh, you know, I can think, you know, Ducati, you know, running running electronic suspension. You know, it, it, it's there. It's been there for years, and I'm glad to see it moving over into the off road world because it is it is going to be the future of suspension. Okay, okay. Now, see, that's a huge thing because you know, I'm I'm I consider me a little old school on this. I'm always a little hesitant to put the electronics in the actual suspension itself because um, shout out to No Respect Racing uh, at the Ultra Four event. Um, I don't know what happened, but uh, I think his shocks it's lost. It's driver. It's all driver. It's driver. It's all. It's all yunt. 
Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's pretty. He's pretty damn hard on parts, man. He is. Uh, but yeah, he he, uh, he ended up. I don't know if he ended up shorting something out or what happened, but I think he ended up saying they got stuck on full comfort the entire race. Um, so he was just you know sliding around everywhere. He said, and uh, it just kind of, in my opinion, opens the door for you know like is electronics somewhere you want your shocks to be? Because what if you're in a situation where they fail, you know, and they fail on full stiff and you've got to be running through the desert at 80 miles an hour, you know? Well, that is what happened. I don't know the, the you know, the actual incident that happened yeah. with Anthony and No Respect Racing. I, he hasn't actually hasn't said anything to me about that. But I know the default mode, default mode for the dynamic suspension is firm. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it does go in default mode in firm, but if if he got stuck in a comfort mode, that's the first fail that I've heard of um, with a dynamic system. No. I, I've had I've had no one ever tell me, you know, outside of breaking a shock eyelet or right. a, a shaft. I've I've not seen anybody have problems with the electronics. Now it could that could be incorrect in that it got it, it may have gotten stuck in full uh, firm. That that may be what happened. I'm trying to remember exactly. Um, but I do know that he said it did get stuck and that he he wasn't able to make any adjustments pretty much in between races either. Um, he right. had, you know he hadn't had a chance to tear it back down. Um, so that's that's always one of those hesitant things. But to hear you know I feel like you you have a good source of of information there to hear that uh, you know doesn't happen often. So that would make me feel a little easier if I was going to go get one. No, and it's even even great. You know when I think of King of the Hammers, you know you had Mitch Guthrie Jr. Yep. who won in a brand new Turbo S. Uh, velocity, yep. but I don't think a lot of people knew that Brandon Sims came in right behind him in a Dynamics. Yeah, yeah, no, and they, you know, they, raced in a, dy- a Dynamics, and if I'm not mistaken, uh, Kristen Matlock, uh, what was that race she did? Maybe it was Sam Flippy 250, mm-hmm. or I'm not sure which one, and she won in a in a Turbo S Dynamics. Man, the the, the dynamic system is legit. I mean, it's yeah. You know, is there going to be a failure? Has there been? Like I said, I don't know. That's the first I've heard of it. Yeah. You know, with everything, you could have a gl- a glitch or a failure. Right. But it's it's proven to be a legit system, both for trail riding and racers. Yeah. So uh, if I'm not mistaken, they they offer a 1,000 with the dynamics on there right now, correct? They do this year. They do offer a 1,000 with the dynamics. I haven't known anybody to buy one yet. Yeah. Um, but that seems uh, like a weird one to me. It seems like a weird, uh, weird. Package. Well, it was it was a shocker to me if they did away with the turbo dynamics and have the naturally aspirated dynamics. But I know they're really pushing that dynamic system as a high end premium machine. So for those guys, because believe it or not, I know everybody that I ride with, all that I'm friends with, it's turbo or nothing. Why are you going to buy something slower? You know, yeah, yeah, I'll spend the money. Yeah. But there are a lot of people out there that are very happy with their naturally aspirated machines that do everything that they need them to do. You know, I, I have no numbers on this, but I know there for a while when the 900S came out. I mean, man, you could go to Brimstone or Winrock, and I couldn't believe how many 900Ss. And I'm like, why are y'all buying 900Ss and not XP1000s? And it's just, it was, it cost a little less. And it did everything they wanted it to do. So that's more of where I see the dynamics of the XP1000 is there are people that, you know, are still diehard, naturally aspirated machines that want that premium suspension package. Yeah, and, and I'll tell you this. It's funny you say that. I actually got a couple of buddies of mine that bought all, they all bought 900Ss and 
uh, I actually run a 1000 and I, I've always run a 1000 except for my 900 XP. But, um, yeah, I looked at him and was like, why in the, why in the world would you buy a 900 S knowing that every single one of these machines is out there, but they, it's exactly, you, you nailed it, you know, a couple thousand bucks cheaper and it does what they want them to do. But, you know, I mean, to me, you're right in the sense of like, well, if you can get the turbo, turbo is a couple thousand dollars more, why not go for it? Um, yeah. but, and, and that's coming from a guy who <laughs> has a 1000 right now, uh, the non-turbo option. So, uh, that it, the way it panned out for me was just, it's what I could get at the time. And, um, I've got everything turbo. I've got the machine turborized as far as suspension and stuff like that goes. Just don't have the actual turbo motor in it. Um, right. and I think that's a lot of it is just the economics of it, Yeah, you know, cause there is a decent price jump and I, you know, I think of. You know, my sponsoring and supporting dealer, Power Sports of America, um, was just on the phone with Andy Kerr yesterday there. They're sold out of turbos right now, XP turbos. That's crazy. Um, it, it, it is crazy. And I can remember calling one time and he was out of XP 1000s because the price had got down to, you know, like 13.5 is what, you know, they're a high volume dealer. So they sell at really low prices mm -hmm. and base everything off volume, volume. But they got down to like 13, 13.5 on XP 1000s. And man, for for somebody that wants to get into off roading, there's no cheaper way to get into off roading than to go buy an XP 1000 to get in get into a razor. Because I think of you know just the days when I rode a dune buggy, yeah, you know of dune buggy riding. Well, I had to go buy a chassis from here, and I had to go get a Volkswagen engine from there, and piece all these parts together and build it. Um, you know, or a rock crawler, you know. I still today have a Suzuki Samurai. You know, you go buy something, <laughs> a Jeep, Suzuki, a Toyota, yeah. whatever. Uh, and you spend all that money to make it trail capable, you have more money in it than you do just going and buying a bone stock Polaris Razor XP 1000 and can do almost anything that you want it to do. Uh, you could definitely, if you've got somebody with a turbo, I mean, you can do everything that they do in a turbo in an XP 1000, except maybe come out of a corner quicker. Yeah. And then, so that's, that's my exact feelings about the situation too is, um, you can, the price point is just so good. You have the, you have the best platform in the entire world outside of the Turbo S, um, in the most proven platform in my opinion, uh, and you're getting it for, uh, I mean, close to nothing really. Um, right. so, and that, that's one of the great things that I've seen with, with the Polaris Razor and the evolution of the Polaris Razor, uh, from the original 50 inch, uh, Razor 800 to now the Turbo S Dynamics. Yeah. Uh, you know, going the full spectrum from ten thousand to they were ten thousand dollars new, nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine dollars when they first came out, and now with the <laughs> Turbo S four seater that's just over thirty thousand dollars, thirty one thousand dollars, and people are going like, you know, Kyle, they just keep getting more expensive. Yeah. Well, they keep getting better, but in today's market, you go back and think of that original eight hundred fifty inch machine. They still make that machine today. It's just a 570, which proved to be a better engine than the 800, and you can still get it. And it's only a few hundred bucks more than the day it came out 11 years ago. That's crazy. That's crazy. Man. So let me ask you this. So for, for everybody listening, you know, if they're, if, say, I have plenty of buddies all the time. Hey, man, I'm thinking about getting a Razor. Where's the best bang for my buck? Whether it's a 900S a 1000 XP, 1000 S, Turbo, Turbo S, Turbo 4 seater. You know, if your buddy comes to you and says, 
hey, where can I get the best razor for the best amount of money? And we'll just use your dealership, your high volume dealership as an example. Um, if they walked up to you, so where am I going to get my best bang for my buck? What are you telling them? As far as what, which, which razor to buy? Yes. Man, that's such an open-ended question. It, it really, it really depends on the person. Uh-huh. Uh, just like you know, we see people are going, "Hey, what's the best tire? Right. Or what's the best seat? Or what's the best, you know, what's the best whatever?" Right. Uh, it's such an open-ended question because, you know, for me to answer that, I need more input, you know, more information of, well, you know, what type of riding are you going to do? What type of off-roading experience do you already have? What type of riding do your friends do? Yep. Um, you know, uh, my brother, for example, uh, he went with me on, on his first ever uh, razor trip. I took him to uh, the Black Hills of South Dakota for the very first time. And I, I drove my four-seater and he drove the RS1 and he just, man, he was in love. He was so excited about it and started talking about, oh, I need a razor. And then I took him to Glamis for Camp Razor, and it was the same thing. And he was looking at, uh, I, I actually had a borrowed machine this year, which was the two-seat Turbo S uh, Dynamics. And he was like, well, what does that cost? I'm just going to buy that. And I told my brother, I'm like, look, look, you know, my brother's name is Marty. I said, look, Marty, you've ridden in a Razor twice now. I know it's exciting. I know you want one. You know, who do you have to ride with? You know, my brother lives in Florida. I live in Alabama, so we don't see each other much. Um, And I'm like, why would you go out and spend $30,000 on the baddest machine on the planet when you have no riding experience? And, you know, I I would suggest really to anybody, you know, start out with an XP1000 or or a 900S. I don't really push people to the 570. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, like with me, I'm 6'1 and... Tight. A lot of weight. A lot of weight. I'm not even gonna say my weight, but I'm a, I'm a pretty, I'm a pretty big, I'm a pretty big guy. Yeah. And uh, and man, you know, back in the in that Razor 800 days, you know, I used to ride around. I got a buddy of mine that's uh, about 350 pounds, and we were riding around in that thing. And man, you feel like sardines crammed in a can. Yeah, you so you know, if you're a big guy, I'm probably not gonna recommend the Razor 570 to start out with, but, uh, you know, a 900 or a 1000S, 900S are gone. A 1000S, I always love the A-arm suspension front and rear on that thing when we had the 800Ss. It's a very capable machine, um, but really when it comes to, you know, the, the Chevy Caprice of the UTV world, that's the Razor XP1000. There are more of those everywhere. The support, you know, if you're out riding and break something, Chances are somebody really close to you has a part for it. Um, you know, the accessories are just plentiful for for that platform, the XP1000, which is also the turbo. But uh, that that's where I would start if I if I just never owned a UTV before, UTV before and I wanted to get into the sport. Uh, the XP1000, especially when you go to a high-volume dealer like Power Sports of America, it's not going to hit your pocketbook. Um you know, as much as the turbo. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, and you're talking pocketbook cause they're in my world. Um, nobody goes to buy something and keeps it stock. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, you go buy a turbo and you're immediately going to talk about exhaust and I want to put a tune on it. I want to put a roll cage on it, harnesses on it, man. You, you can very easily spend more money on the machine than what you paid for the machine. Yeah. Um, so I would suggest going to something like an XP 1000, trying it out, 
leaving it stock, cruising around it, see if you like it. If you really like it, it's something you, you know you're going to get hot and heavy into, hey, it's time to go ahead and, and bump up to that Turbo or that Turbo S and put your money into that. I mean, you, you definitely don't want to put a ton of money, and I see guys doing that buying a new machine, and they've got it for sale on Razor Life with 100 miles on it, and they've put $20,000 worth of accessories in it, and you're, you're not. I see people talk about an investment. A Razor's not an investment. No, it is uh, not. It's, no, it's a loss. Yeah, it's not an investment. Well, you know, for me, when I buy a machine, I know going into it, all the money I spend on it is money that I'm putting in for my time in the machine, right? And uh, not not to pass that on to the next person. Yeah, I think that's very wise too. Now, one more question I wanted to ask is: um, obviously, you had an RS1. You did a bunch of different things with it. Um, what do you think about the RS1? Is it good? Does it get a thumbs up, thumbs down, or somewhere in the middle? Well, you know, I've, I've said it numerous times within Razor Life. I think I even talked about it in a YouTube video that the RS1 is the most fun machine that I have ever driven in my life. It is a blast to drive. Now, I did not take it to the dunes, so I'd have no opinion on the RS1 and the dunes, but for blasting through the trails, for rock crawling, man, that thing is so much fun. It, it's like it reminds me a lot of, uh, you know, when you when you get into some of the uh, motocross style uh, UTV racing. Yeah. One of the things over the last few years that has dominated those racing is the Yamaha YXZ. Yep. Well, the RS1 is actually beating the YXZ. Now, that thing is like its own rails. The, the, the wheelbase of that thing and the width of that thing, it just tracks so well that you can just, I mean, get after it in a, in a corner. Uh, you know, obviously the downside of it is it's got one seat, so you can't take anybody with you. Uh, the storage is very limited on it. It is, you know, with, with uh, Pro Rock Racing, the Survival Series, uh, our, our last race, I didn't mention that, I'm, you know, I'm part of that race series and, mm -hmm. and part of staff. Um, the last survival race that we did, which was a Wildcat off-road, I couldn't believe how many RS1s showed up for that race. They're really getting picked up for the... Um, cross-country style racing and that's what it's good at it's very quick very nimble and as far as top speed you're not ever going to get that sucker top speed unless you're wide open somewhere that has no obstacles man because it, it is fast i mean you're still looking at an 80 85 mile an hour machine that makes me want to buy one so bad I, it's, it's crazy man if i if i was a single man who didn't have family i would have 12 of them. <laughs> well, the only reason I even got rid of my, the one that I had, uh, was simply because I just had too much stuff to ride. Yeah. And that started getting put on the back burner of what machine I was going to ride. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I still cross my fingers for the day that Polaris comes out with a turbo version of the RS1. And, and if and when they do, uh, that'll be that'll be added to my, my collection of machines because I can't imagine with that machine with you know 50 60 more horsepower in stock form it would just be insane that's that's scary that is it's scary because i've been near those things and those things do get rowdy and uh thinking about that much power with that little bit of weight and that maneuverability is uh it's pretty exciting it is yeah. and a lot and a lot a lot a lot, a lot of fun so let me uh, let me kind of like wrap this conversation with this one. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, you had a blog post about um, the chance that you got to drive the X3. 
Um, obviously, you are a Razor guru. You know it in and out. You've driven every vehicle. What did you think about the X3? I, I really liked it. And, you know, and I try to tell people that. I, I know, you know, when I made that post and I posted it in a few few places on Facebook because uh-huh. everybody looks at me as the ultimate Razor fanboy. You know, I did a short review of uh, the Honda Talon when it came out. Some of the comments that came out on that were actually really comical because people calling me a Razor fanboy, which is true. I love the Razor. I'm a fan of the Razor. But before the Razor fanboy, I'm a fan of the sport. Yeah. I love all machines. I love getting behind the wheel of all machines. Um, you know, the, you know, the whole thing with innovation drives the sport. Anytime somebody comes out with something that's better or different, it drives the manufacturers to produce something new and exciting. So I'm excited about that. But, yeah, the X3, you know, I bought one last May, which was an older version mm-hmm. that, that had the Visco lock, which is the basically the open front diff. Right. Um, and I didn't keep it long, didn't do a review on it because I didn't think it was fair. Um to any of my readers to give my review on a machine that's basically discontinued. Yeah. Uh, so I reserve that. Power Sports of America, the owner of Power Sports of America, uh, offered up the opportunity to take a brand new uh, X3 RC to uh, Moab, which is rock crawling, which is what I love. So I jumped all over it, got to spend a day in it. If you look at the videos, you'll actually see Hubert rolling, rolling driving it. Uh, because some of the times it was hard for me to me to drive it and get video of myself. Right. Um, so I got Hubert in there, but I really like it, man. It, uh, you know, you have to get over a few things of being a fan of the Razor, uh, the seating position being further leaned back, a little lower. Um, it, it's it's a it's it's almost like trying to learn how to write left handed. It's a little bizarre. Yeah. Uh, sitting that low and lean back in the machine, I kept finding myself wanting to lean forward. Uh, which is just personal preference. Right. Uh, the the new smart lock they have, I mean, it again something that's electronic. Uh, it, it's it's really cool. It works really well. You know, they're they're done with the the age of the open front diff. So that was a really good bonus. I did not like the length of the hood. It really blocks a lot of your vision for rock crawling. That's what I've heard uh, over high, and over high speed again. stuff, dunes, things like that. You know. Great, great for, uh, but for me, rock crawling, the visibility just wasn't there. It was non-existent. Um, but what I really liked about it was the low gear on it. One of the things that Polaris, um, you know, I'll say the Polaris Razor has lacked is a true low, low gear, uh, especially when it comes to the turbo. The 16 wasn't as bad, but in 17, they changed the gear ratio. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I could do 41, 42 miles an hour in low gear, and you just don't need to be able Man. to do that. Um, and that's one thing I did like about the X3 is the low gear on it was really low um, and was great for crawling. And now I know that you can, yeah, for 2019, Polaris came out with the uh, High Lifter Edition Ranger that has the turbo transmission in it. <clears throat> with a lower gear setting in it, and you can get those gears and put them into 17 and up turbo transmissions. It fits in all those transmissions. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, uh, John Crowley, the UTV guide, has an article written up on it because uh, he did it to his two-seat Turbo S and to his four-seat Turbo S, and he's made the comment, this is the way it should come. But that's, I, that is the way it should come. I would like to see the lower gear, and the X3 has that lower gear 
uh, in, in low where it's really torquey and, and grunty. Um, it, it pulls really well. So, you know, when it comes to X3, I'm still not going to say that I like the X3 better than the Razor because that just wouldn't be true. Yeah. Um, but it is a very good machine. And, you know, and I, and I think in my blog, I, you know, in my video, I said I wouldn't discourage anybody from, from purchasing the machine, but I still prefer, you know, the Polaris Razor, whether it be the Turbo or the, or the Turbo S. But you, when you look at dollar value of the XRC versus the Turbo S, I think you're getting a better machine out of the Turbo S. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Well, I can tell you that that just looking at the two side by side and having driven the uh, dr driven the um, the XRS, that's the big wide one, right? Uh, the big right. wide. Yeah, the, the RC version that I had is the same thing as the XRS, except for it comes with some skids, bumpers, and a winch. Okay, cool. And that's that's what I thought. I knew there were some subtle differences, but uh, I, I got in. My, the, the vision was a little bit off for me, and, and you're right. It, it felt like I needed to lean forward the whole time. Um, it is just a little bit of a change, but man, does that thing have some juice to it? So it does. The Ro the Rotax engine, you know, I mean, I've owned Can Ams in the past when it came to the quads, mm -hmm. um, and I've always really been a big fan of the Rotax engine. Um, you know, it's just you know the reliable engines. Rotax been around a very very long time. I mean, I was I was running Rotax engines before Can Am was Can Am. It was called Bombardier. Yeah. And uh, the Rotax engine was just a, a beast of an engine, and it still is today. Yeah. I mean, definitely so. I mean, let's think about the Southern Rock Racing Series, where the reigning champion right now is uh, running the Can Am setup. He's got a buggy built on the Can Am setup. So. Yeah, Paul, Paul Wolf, and then you know you turn around and look at the survival racing yep. with Pro Rock. You know, you've got Nathan Wolf, Paul's brother. Yep. That's tough to beat in his in his Can Am, and then you look right now at our uh, current points champion, uh, Jamie McCoy, and he's actually a factory Can Am driver. That's crazy. That's winning in points right now in a Can Am. Yeah, and that's uh, it's funny. I actually met Nathan at uh, an Ultra Four race, and uh, he's a good dude, man. And he and they those boys drive it like it is a rental. That is the most. That is, uh, I'll say, wild. I guess uh, that's the wildest group of drivers I've ever seen for sure. The same thing race to riches last year yes, um we had you know survival racing at race to riches last year and uh, matt zyler yeah I, you know, I, show, showed out and i'm talking about no one could even come close to keeping up with him uh I, I do contribute a lot of that to the machine he was driving but he's also just a madman behind the wheel he is i actually I had he, matt zyler on for our our teardown in tennessee ultra four recap uh, after he won um i had him on here and uh plan on getting him on, getting him on here for a full interview sometime but yeah he's a crazy man too um, yeah i was doing a live a live feed uh during uh survival racing at wildcat and i saw matt watching and was really disappointed in him for watching and not being <laughs> not participating yeah so I, I had to give him a little crap about that but uh and that's one of those things again I, you know i am one of the staff members i'm the timekeeper for pro rock and you know, any of you guys that uh, that are out there listening that want to get into racing uh, and not hill climb racing, we do have hill climb racing. But if you're, you know, if you're the weekend guy that thinks he likes to go fast, we do have survival racing, which is about an hour long um, endurance race through the woods. And I'm the one who goes and sets the courses up. Uh, and I always tell everybody it's the same same type of riding that I do on a Saturday night with my buddies but just at a very fast pace. And we actually have a pro-am class for you guys that are beginners and, and uh, you know, may want to test your, get your feet wet in, in racing. It's very, very inexpensive way to get into racing. 
what's the requirements to go in the Pro-Am course? Because uh, I actually plan on racing in the Ultra 4 Series next year, um, and I wouldn't mind jumping into one of those uh, races just to kind of get my feet in the area. Yeah, the pro. I mean, basically, when it comes to uh, any of our races, it's safety requirements. I mean, you're going to have to run a roll cage. Uh, you're going to have to run five point harnesses. Uh, you know, have have your fire extinguisher, a fire suit, a Hans device. You know, I, I know we had a guy show up at the last race that showed up with no Hans device, and I'm like, you know, oh, I can't believe you would even want to race right. without a Hans device. But uh, you can go on ProRockRacing.com and get into the. Uh, the rules and regulations of survival and, and check it out. It's not really, it's still, like I said, with my four seat S with best in the desert, it's, it's basically a weekend machine, all the safety stuff that you should have harnesses, right. you know, and your, and your roll cage. Um, you know, like I said, again, fire extinguisher, you need your rear chase light. And, uh, those aren't very expensive. You need a winch, which everybody should have a winch anyway. Right. Um, but no, it's 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 a great way to get into racing. I know I'm sitting there keeping all the times, making sure the transponders are working, and all I'm doing is sitting there going like, "Man, why am I doing this?" And I'm not behind the wheel out there competing right now because those guys, I have never seen a single racer finish the race without a smile on his face. And I'm talking about the guy from first place to last will come out and say, "Man, it's the best fun I've ever had." Man, I'll uh, I'll have to I'll have to talk to you about it sometime here in the near future. And I'll have to get myself on board because uh, it sounds like I am ready to go racing. Um, but that being said, I want to mention one more thing um, kind of in closing. And that is uh, the Razor Life Razor Sweepstakes giveaway that you guys do. Um, you do those once a month. Is that correct? Yeah, we do those within the group. You know, right now Razor Life has about 78,000 members. I do that within the group. It is a closed group. So that offering for the chance to win a Razor is only if you're a member. So, uh, we do that every every mid month, and uh, the machine varies. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I usually try to do a poll, see what folks want to want the chance to win. I am working on some things in the future uh, that'll be on the Razor Life fan page, not the group. Uh, that will be opening up, you know, your chance to win a razor for like buying apparel. Like you know, every five dollars spent. I know people will talk about Diesel Brothers. Oh, you're trying to be Diesel Brothers. Well. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to. I don't want a television show on Discovery. But what a lot of people don't know is I've actually been going to uh, out west and spending time with the Diesel Brothers and learning some of their techniques uh, to be able to do this. Yeah, and absolutely. That, that's one of those things that that I'm looking in the near future to open up the chance to win a razor by buying apparel. You know, going to razorloft.com, buying a T-shirt, a hoodie. A beanie, a jacket, a sticker, koozie, you know, whatever. There's a lot of stuff on the website, you know, and apparel. And adding more, I'm actually talking to a guy right now of creating a lot of new shirt designs because some of it, I've had some of the same old tired, tired designs since 2013. Yeah. Um, and, and I want to start offering new designs. So that's coming very, very soon. And hopefully within the next few months, we'll start opening up, you know, the chance to win some prizes just buying a t-shirt that you probably want anyway right right i think that's great um so okay for example uh i'm a member of razor life uh because i'm assuming a lot of guys from the group are going to be listening to this um 
I'm a member of Razor Life. I, I see your posts every once in a while, but uh, will you explain to me the full rules of, of how I get entered in that, how you do the drawing, and how I get kind of my number assigned to me? Uh, well, there there is no number. That's the thing. That's been one of the misconceptions of people, I guess, now with, with people doing things, you know, pick a number, one through 100. Sure. Uh, it's not done that way. It's done through the website. Things are drawn by name. Um, without without getting into huge detail in the rules, because the rules are on the website, you can right. go in and read the rules. Yeah. And it's a long, you know, it's like reading. It's like trying to read the contract for your mortgage. <laughs> um, you know, lawyers get a hold of everything and complicate everything. Right. But uh, but you know, the best thing, way to do it is to be active in the page. To you know, I try to tell people if you're not active, the way Facebook algorithm works, it won't come up in your news feed anymore. So you need to make a post and that's part of the, why the group's there is I see so many people go riding and I'll see them post it on their personal Facebook page and I'm like post that in the group because other people I don't think people realize that there are so many other people that want to see those pictures of where people rode or they want to see the picture of your ride because they want to ask you questions about it or, or compliment it or yeah. every, now, every now and then maybe cut you down a little bit because yeah, yeah humble you a little <laughs> but, bit <laughs> but 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 you know uh, the, the main thing is just being active. Every mid month, I try to talk talk about it a week ahead of time, um, and that is the easiest way. Is just be active so it pulls up in your newsfeed every time it's announced. I pin it in the announcements at the top of the page. I know Facebook, as always, making changes. Uh, there were some people saying on their tablet they couldn't even see the announcements. Um, I'm sure Facebook will fix that. That you know, anytime they come out with an update. It doesn't take long, and all the bugs are found, and they try to fix it. Right. But that's the that's the easiest way to do it is just stay active. Do you like somebody's post? Make some comments. But more than anything, I want people to share their experiences. Just just post, you know. Please post your riding videos and pictures and and experiences of where you've been, or talk about a product that you like. That's one thing you usually don't see on any type of social media. Is man, if you've got a company that you're running their product and you like it, and it's done great for you, man, throw those people some praise, because usually all you see is the negative comments. Yeah, you're exactly right. You know, you're right. going to see somebody that had a bad experience. And, brother, everybody's had a bad experience with some company, whether it been off-road or not. We've all had bad experiences. So, you know, I take that very lightly when one person comes in, and, you know, there will be 10 people jump on that bandwagon that had a problem. Man, you're talking about 10 people over thousands and thousands of people. So if you have a good experience, get on there and post your good experience, whether it be riding or a part. Yeah, you're exactly right. You're exactly right. The world needs more good anyway, so put more good into the world, everybody. Yeah, positivity, man. Be, be positive. I mean, you can go on my Facebook, my personal wall, and it's a public public page i don't i don't hide any of my posts on my own personal wall so anybody can see it man you don't see me posting negative stuff on there yeah um other than maybe the traffic in memphis or <laughs> yeah yeah that's but, awesome uh, well, yeah, but well that's great positive. yeah so uh that's pretty much all i had for you was there anything else you wanted to talk about no brother i think that was that was it cool. i do appreciate you uh having me on it's it's been a blast i hate that we've been uh talking for an hour and i don't think you've gotten but about 20 words in, but, <laughs> no uh, no 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 it's perfect it, this is that's, it, i'm doing my job if i'm not doing all the you, talking uh, if you ever know, know anybody that that has met me before they'll tell you man that david uptain sure does like to talk 
That's good though. You're in the position to talk, and uh, that that makes my job a lot easier when uh, when people get on here and want to talk to me. So uh, I appreciate it. Um, thanks for taking the time out of your day. Uh, one more chance, if there's anybody you want to give a shout out to, uh, now's the opportunity to do so. Uh, if you have anybody in mind. Yeah, to be honest with you, I would like to thank the people that have helped me more than anything. Obviously, Polaris Polaris Razor. I know some guys have come to me and and you know have said things about my relationship with Polaris. Guys, I didn't get that because of a Facebook group. I got that because of me beating the streets, pounding my feet, knocking on doors. It's, it's not the Facebook group that got me there. It's being in everybody's face. Yeah. Um, but I want to thank Polaris Razor. They've been they've been a, just a huge help with me uh, over the years. Obviously, with my personal personal rigs, uh, you know, RCV, you know, Ricky Berry and John at RCV have always, uh, man, they've, they've done me a great job and uh, tried to return that favor with them. Um, you know, Joey Gilbert, I know a lot of folks listening may know Joey Gilbert, may not. He's a personal friend of mine, always helped me with the razor. You know, Michael, Michael Lee, um, who's actually one of the Ultra Four and Survival Series racers. He's a great uh, guy. Yeah, man, he's, he's helped me out. He's, he's got uh, Tapco in Birmingham that, uh, he does a lot of work on my razors now for me. Um, HCR suspension. Thinking of the Wolves, they all run HCR. Brandon over at HCR, always helpful for me. Built some badass, tough box day arms. Wouldn't run anything, anything but. Uh, PRP's always, always been a huge help for me. Uh, Trinity Exhaust. Uh, you guys, if you've never heard of Trinity, you definitely need to go listen to a Trinity Exhaust. They sound fantastic and look, look pretty daggum awesome too. Um, <clears throat> but this is like MRT. Walker Evans, um, I know a lot of guys talk about MRTs. Oh, they're so expensive. Guys, if you're a racer, you need to be running MRTs. I think those guys get more podiums than anybody else. And of all the years that I've uh, ridden in MRTs, I have had one tire failure, and it wasn't the tire's fault. If you go back and look, my old 2016 race rig where Ethan Osborne jumped it at the off-road expo and just demolished the machine, um, that, that's the only puncture sounds, sounds I've like ever a good had friend. in MR, yeah, MRT and I can promise you I was crying over other things other than one flat tire <clears throat> but uh, you know and Walker Evans uh, those guys are just badass helping the racers read over at Walker um, man they, they've been for me uh, uh, personally have been just huge for me and my success and of course all of the vendors of Razor Life you can get on Razor Life and, and see all the vendors. It's actually in one of the announcements that you can see all the vendors. I love all of those guys. Um, you know, a lot of them I've become friends with over the years, may not even ever met them, but we talk a lot. Yeah. And uh, those guys are huge. And, man, spend money with those guys. Go on the group, see the vendors there. The, most of those guys are up answering your questions in the middle of the damn night. I mean, they are I mean, just nonstop. I swear, I think 80% of the Razor Life vendors don't get eight hours sleep. I think they can't take cat naps because they're answering people's questions at all hours of the day and night and on the weekends. And that means a lot to me, and it should mean a lot to your listeners that you can message somebody on a Saturday and get an answer the same day, get a quote, get a part coming. Man, that's huge because it wasn't just a few years ago. You couldn't, you couldn't do that. You had to wait till Monday when everybody's open, order something, and wait, you know, weeks to get your parts. Um, and, you know, now some of these guys are getting stuff to you just super fast. Um, so I want to thank all of my vendors. They're all fantastic group of guys that are here 
to help all of you guys. Well, I know we appreciate it, and I know uh, we appreciate you for kind of building the zone where all this, uh, building the world where all this happens. So, David, it's been a pleasure, um, and that's pretty much all I got. So, uh, thanks for being on the show today, and uh, I'm looking forward to next time. And who knows, I might run run into you on the trail. All right, fantastic, Jesse. I appreciate it very much. Have a good one. You too. Thanks for listening to the show. I do want to give one more shout out to my friends over at Infinite Off-Road. They have wheel rings, light whips, rock lights, anything you can think of. They even carry suspension components. They carry cages. Anything you need. They carry a really badass cage, by the way. Anything you need, they've got it. All Infinite Off-Road products are backed by a 25-year you-break-it-they-fix-it, even covering accidental damage, no-questions-asked warranty. Best in the business on light bars. Their staple is light bars, some of the best light bars in the world. Um, They're great. Customer service is unparalleled. I will do business with Mike and his team at Infinite Off-Road every single day of the week if I had the money to do it. Also, All Things UTV is coming out with a Cloud 9 spring suspension kit. And this is going to be all eight springs that you need to turn your Razor from a kind of sucky suspension straight out of the box. Unfortunately, sorry Polaris. Um, to a fully functioning, fully custom, custom spring rates, custom springs, kit matched to your color of your car, whatever you need for your side-by-side. They're going to have it. It's coming out here pretty soon. It's a Cloud 9 kit. If you have questions, reach out to Dustin Robbins. He'll give you the answers you are looking for. He's available at allthingsutv.com, and he's also available on Facebook. Thanks for listening to the show. If you liked it, share it. Let's talk more. Just tell me if you want me to change something, if you want good things, if you want bad things. Uh, How'd you like today? Who do you want to see next? Tell me everything. Comment on our Facebook page. We really appreciate it. Most of all, hope you have a great rest of your day.